Today's reading is Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There the thrones for judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Wonderful. Thank you, Alan, very much indeed. So it's really good to see you all here today. And in the middle of August, never quite know who's around and who's away. But a good many of you are here this morning, which is lovely. But I do wonder why you have come. Why have you come this morning? I mean, why didn't you stay at home? Wouldn't that have been better? What really actually made you come this morning? Anyone like to say why you've come to church this morning? To encounter God with his community and experience the love through that community. Wonderful. So something's going to happen because you're here. That's great. Thank you. Yes, I come to church this morning um, for to be together with the brethren and have fellowship. Um, I... I was in the bed from nine o'clock last night and I didn't sleep the whole night and when it come to get up for church this morning I didn't really feel like coming you know and I think anymore saying don't bother to come but I feel as if I would be missing out and a blessing so I overcome that so you're here fantastic who else why have you come to praise God and to be with everyone Praise God to be with everyone. We're hearing something about uh, people wanting to be together and people wanting to praise God. I think that's going along to Eric. Well, during the week, uh, we praise the Lord. And it's great to come together and just join with others to feel that we are together as a group of God's people met in his presence. Fantastic. Any other thoughts? Ah, Trevor, thank you. To renew my commitment to the Lord. Wonderful. That's a great response. Okay, so, why have you come? I mean, you were very, they, were, they were some very good answers. I wonder whether they were the answers that you thought you ought to say, in some cases. Uh, because I think these are some of the answers that we sometimes might have to give. Do you ever come because it's a habit? It's what you always do on Sunday morning. So... You get up and you come to church. It's a habit. You don't really think about it, but you just come. Do you come because there are friends here and you like meeting up with other people? You're not so sure about the God bit, but meeting up with other people is good. Or do you come because you really want to worship? You really want to meet with God and for something to happen in your life because you're here. 
Do you become, come because uh, you will be interested in the topic of the sermon? You want to be encouraged, challenged, directed by the Word of God. Is it the sermon that is the key thing? Or is it prayer? That you want to be able to pray with other people? And perhaps you come particularly burdened and there's something you really want to talk to God about and, and you kind of feel that being in the presence of worshipping people makes a difference. There are all kinds of reasons why we come to church. This Psalm 122 begins, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let's do it. Get up this morning, whether you slept well last night, or you didn't sleep well, whether you were raring to come or whether you were slightly hesitant to come, uh, whatever was going on on your mind before you actually got here, let's go to the house of the Lord. There's a real sense of expectancy in these words, almost excitement as to what's going to happen. Let's go, let's do it. Things were very different in Old Testament times, and this psalm comes from the Old Testament. So just for a moment, I'd like to get into that Old Testament background. It's important to understand the setting of these words before we apply them to our context of worship today. This was a psalm where the people were coming into Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was built as a place for worship. The whole reason why David captured the city and why Solomon built the temple was so that it could be the focal city to which all the tribes of Israel would gather. It was the geographical center of the country. It was kind of in the middle. It was the political center of authority. Decisions were made in Jerusalem for the nation Israel, and it was the religious focus for worship. So everything happened here. And in particular, the great festivals of the Israelite nation were held here. The Feast of Pentecost, which is not just a New Testament feast for the coming of the Holy Spirit, it's an Old Testament feast to celebrate the Lord's blessing with harvest. And then the Feast of Tabernacles to commemorate the time of the wilderness wanderings and the provision of the land of Canaan. And then the Feast of Passover to celebrate the deliverance of the nation from slavery in Egypt. These three great festivals and other special occasions too were all held in Jerusalem. And thousands of people would gather in the city for each one. And it's through those festivals that the worshippers were encountering the foundational themes for their lives, that God made them, that he provided for them, that he has redeemed them. Now, I think I've mentioned before that as we're looking at this particular block of Psalms, 120 to 134 at the moment, they're called the Psalms of Ascent because the pilgrims would have sung them as they climbed towards the city and towards the temple. And there was a huge sense of unity from the different tribes and a great sense of anticipation as they came and prepared for these festival events. Now, it's hard to find good pictures that actually convey something of what was going on at this time. But I found a couple of pictures this week which I thought might help. Uh, this is, I was very pleased to find this. This is the best picture I have ever seen that represents Jerusalem in the time of David because it's got David's city, which is in the lower section of, the, of Jerusalem, and then at that time, the upper section was not uh, developed in any kind of way, but uh, 
this picture represents the time in Solomon's time when that uh, temple area uh, was in place and the Solomon's temple is up there, as you can see. That was David and Solomon, Jerusalem in the time of David and Solomon. And some of the Psalms of Ascent and some of the pilgrimages would have been to Jerusalem when it looked like this. And generally speaking, people would have come from the south. So you can see the path coming in at the bottom of the picture, through the gates, the Pool of Siloam is down there, and then you climb all the way up uh, to the middle sort of dividing wall, and then you climb up again uh, towards the temple, and you climb up again to the steps to get up onto the top of the temple area. Now these psalms would have been sung during the time of Solomon and the kings that followed up until the time when uh, the people of Israel were taken in exile and then they would be sung again after the exile in the time that led up towards Jerusalem as Jesus saw it. I think this picture here represents Jerusalem as a city in the time of Jesus and you can see that it has grown hugely. It's about two or three times the size of the previous picture but the temple area is still exactly the same, but this time it's Herod's temple that is there rather than Solomon's. So uh, this was moving more into Jerusalem as it looked like in New Testament times. But whatever period of the history we're thinking about, there would be this great gathering together to the city. And one of the most reasons why the exile was so painful for the people of Israel is that they did not have their land they did not have the city. They did not have the temple. They did not have those opportunities of gathering for festivals. And that was why initially in the exile they felt that everything was so barren. And then they gradually discovered that God was there in exile as well as in Jerusalem. And then the excitement built as they thought of being able to return to this pattern after the exile and to great depth in their celebrations. And then there are many links in these psalms also to the language of the book of Nehemiah, who you remember was instrumental in rebuilding the city walls. And so we have this story of people coming to Jerusalem. And Eugene Peterson writes that in Jerusalem, all the scattered fragments of experience, all the bits and pieces of truth and feeling and perception were put together in a single whole. And that's what can happen when we come to worship. The fragments of our lives, the bits and pieces of everything that's been going on during the week. We come as we are and we come together and we begin to see things from God's perspective and it all begins to make sense. Now life is very different today. Jerusalem is still there, of course, and as you know, I love visiting this amazing city which is so rich in its Christian connections and brings alive the Old and New Testaments. The site of the temple is still there, but the area on which the temple once stood now houses the Dome of the Rock and the Alaska Mosque, the third most holy site of Islam. And the nearest access that the Jews have to the space is the Western Wall, which is often called the Wailing Wall because that is where they reflect on their history and heritage and pray for the nation at this particular time. So just a quick glance at Jerusalem as it is now. Uh, the temple uh, mount location is this one, which is uh, the magnificent Dome of the Rock. And the Jews 
just to the side of that at a lower level by the Wailing Wall. But for us as Christians, worship does not depend on any physical location or any specific city. Indeed, the book of Revelation is very clear that John in his vision did not see a temple in the New Jerusalem because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. In Christian worship, we do not gather around a place. We gather around a person, and his name is Jesus. And that's why we've come this morning. We've come to gather around this person, Jesus Christ, who is alive today and who invites us to worship him. But as we come back to the words of this psalm, there are some clear evidence in this psalm as to how our worship should take place. A very close connection between what the Israelite nation did in coming to Jerusalem and to the house of the Lord and what we do as we come to the living temple of Jesus Christ today. What does the psalm say to us today about our worship here and now? It tells us first that we come to praise the name of the Lord. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And then on in verse 4, that is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. To give thanks to God is central to Israelite worship and to Christian worship. It was Augustine who said that a Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. And when we praise, we're functioning at the center. We're in touch with the basic core reality of our being because we are made to worship and to acknowledge the one who's made us in the first place and sustains us day by day. Martin led a cafe church on the theme of worship at the end of July. There was lots of great material in that evening, including some of the Hebrew words that he used of worship in the Old Testament that bring out the depth and the variety of what all this means. And this little phrase in verse 4 here, to praise the name of the Lord, it can also mean to testify to the name of their God. It's the idea of declaring the great things that God has done with heartfelt praise to the Lord himself for his great power and his overwhelming love. In coming to worship, you're really saying, I want to come and declare how great God is. I want to say something that expresses the magnitude, the wonder, the greatness, and the glory of God. And to recognize that life doesn't revolve around me, it actually revolves around Him. And so many of the Psalms help us in our praise to God. It is, after all, the Old Testament hymn book. So we, it's right that we use these psalms. Psalm 95, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with songs of praise. And then right towards the end of the psalm, Psalm 149, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise him with dancing. Make music to him with tambourine and harp. 
and of course uh, the last verse of the Psalms which is the verse that was echoed in the song that we sung just now let everything that has breath praise the Lord and you can capture something of the drama of Old Testament worship as people journeyed towards the temple in Jerusalem and climbed up uh, towards that city and then up through the city to the temple and, and there would have been singing there would have been dancing there would have been a lot of noise I expect there would have been tambourines and those sort of instruments uh, and it would just have been a huge sense of gathering together and celebrating and our praise today needs to be wholehearted needs to be enthusiastic needs to be creative but most of all it needs to be God-centered it's praise that enables us to actually put the focus on God and to actually say this world has been made by him that he is the one who sustains us every day he is the one who loves us dearly he is the one who's able to forgive us he's the one who's able to make our life real our praise needs to be God-centered so we come to praise the name of the Lord but then we come also to hear the word of the Lord and again in Psalm 122 going back to these words there's something about the thrones of judgment aren't there which might seem a little bit confusing this is where the tribes go up the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel there stand the thrones for judgment the thrones of the house of David what's that all about it's simply that God's statutes and laws were central to the life of Jerusalem Jerusalem was the place where people reordered their lives the various tribes came from all over the land of Israel they came to Jerusalem they heard the law of Moses stated again and again and they reordered their lives according to the statutes of God the city is the place where God's ways were identified and taught there was an expectation that as the word of the Lord is spoken the people will obey and in the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the exile the key moment was in a rediscovery of the scrolls of the law and Ezra the priest read out the law of Moses to the people rediscovering the laws of God so the use of judgment here is not in a harsh way but it's rather the decisive word by which God straightens things out and puts things right hearing the law of God enabled the people to put things right so to quote Peterson again every time we worship our minds are informed our memories are refreshed with the judgments of God we're familiarized with what God says what he's decided the ways he is working out our salvation and this is where scripture comes into our worship of course and we stand under the word of God today how God has revealed himself supremely in Jesus Christ and he's given us the pages of scripture to guide our feet into the ways of Christ and just as hearing the law read was fundamental to the life in Jerusalem so in our worship today we give importance to the reading of scripture 
to its interpretation and application in the task of preaching. Becky spoke more about this on a Sunday morning in July. Uh, that's a sermon that's still on the website, which you can look up and listen to. Hearing, understanding, responding to the Word of God is a vital element of our worship today. So why are we coming? We're coming to declare praise to the living God, to praise the name of God, the name of the Lord. We're coming to hear the word of the Lord and allow God to reorder our lives in a way that is pleasing to him. But then we come to live in the peace of the Lord. To live in the peace of the Lord. Peace within the city of Jerusalem and peace within the hearts of the people. Peace is an important theme in this psalm. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, verse 6. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. And then a little bit further on, I will say, peace be within you. When Nehemiah heard that the walls of Jerusalem were destroyed and its gates were burned with fire, he wept. And once he applied himself to the task of rebuilding the walls, he experienced opposition from both outside the city and inside the city. It was a tough time. When Jesus approached Jerusalem and he saw the city in his final visit before he was crucified, he too wept over that city because he knew that long after, not long after he had died, this city would once again be totally destroyed, not one stone left upon another. The reality is, the sad reality is, that there was seldom a time when this city was living truly in peace. And it's a city today which is not totally living in peace. But there is a peace which comes to us deeply through worship and through trusting in Jesus. A peace that is not located in a particular part of the world, but a peace that is located both in the community of God's people and in the hearts of each person. And that's why coming together is important, that God can bring his gift of peace to a community together, at ease with God, and with each other. And part of worship is to come to the place of true peace in your own heart and life, knowing that God is watching over you, that he is with you and for you through the victory of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit today. And you may come with all kinds of personal issues and challenges and troubles. But there is peace in the community of God's people because it is a God-fearing community. And together we dwell in the presence of God and we allow his Holy Spirit to move deeply into our own hearts and lives. So that worship is not just what you bring to God in the offering of praise but it is what God brings to you in the gift of his peace.